The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Today's guest is another great friend over a 30-year career together in the energy business. He also happens to be another Aggie and was even the drum major of the famous Fightin' Texas Aggie band back in our college days. But the reason he's on the show here today is to help you listeners who may not have traveled as broadly, and we want to help you understand some of the things a person has to wrestle with when working and living as an expatriate or what we call an expat in foreign lands. And of course, Russia and Ukraine is on everyone's mind these days, and we're praying for the people of Ukraine. Uh, They have been invaded by Russia, and many of us just can't wrap our heads around Russian culture, you know, from the the man-on-the-street perspective. And no one knows what's going on in Putin's head these days, so we won't even try to guess there. But but my my buddy James here was the general manager for Russia, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East from 2012 to 2016 at the company where we worked. And his office was based out of Switzerland. So he had a little culture adjustment just living in Switzerland. From what I understand, meat prices were pretty high, huh, James? <laughs> Everything was high there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and over that period, he was going to Russia about once a month to build our business uh, relationships in, in our business. Uh, right. you know, at the time, BRICS, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa was like a huge uh, emerging market strategy for globalization and everything. So, James, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Hey, thanks. Really glad to be here. You know, y- you and I had some really interesting world event conversations while I was living in Europe, and, and I never thought that you know, f- fast forward seven years, you and I'd be sitting in Houston, Texas, having this conversation. On the radio. Who <laughs> knew? You're right. Well, so you and I are Texas natives who went to Texas A&M University. And right. by the way, James and I both, you know, our first culture experience is we used to have to go out to the San Francisco Bay Area for business. And James is a big hunter. And, you know, I'm, I'm out there where some of these dinners in Chevron's headquarters is out there and they, uh, they're right next to the Napa Valley. So we'd have real nice wines and then, right. um, but they had this Mount Diablo, uh, state park and they had really nice deer there. And James was at the dinner and he asked, well, you know, do you guys hunt those deer? And then we were almost never asked back to California. <laughs> so, so, you know, these there's culture issues within our own country, folks, and uh, we're just trying to have a little humor here. But that, that did happen. So uh, as our careers progressed at Nalco, we both ended up traveling extensively for business and had a big learning curve culturally. You know, for me, especially in the Middle East and in your case, Russia. Right. Europe was also very different, but at least Western in ideology. One thing that never changed, though, was heavy pressure (laughs) from our senior management to grow the business and relationships and absolutely essential, you know, to be successful in doing that. And in Stephen Covey's book, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Habit Five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think that's a terrific 
way to go about, especially when you're going into a new country, a new culture, because you're just observing. You don't know what's what's right. And so the the moral wrestling part comes in when you, as a U.S. expat, don't understand the culture of doing in a place business, you know, in a place like Russia. You're inheriting, you know, the staff, the people, uh, even the customers. And bribery is expressly prohibited in the United States for our companies by the Foreign Corrupt Trade Practices Act. And we get legal training on that. But there are all these uh, slippery workarounds, like the use of agents to access Russian oligarchs for the relationships. So why don't you begin your story with a few of the early things you observed and learned about doing business in Russia? Yeah, first, David, uh, really glad to be here again. And and my hearts, my prayers go out to the Ukrainian people today. So, you know, that's really where my my heart, my thought is today. Um, I also want to say that the, the, the colleagues that I had, that I worked with uh, in the companies that you and I worked at, I really liked those people. They mm-hmm. were good people. They were very good hosts. Um, and they were always proper with me. And uh, I miss, miss associating with those guys today. And, and I hope they're doing well. I know that they're having a tough time uh, as we speak, uh, given all the economic sanctions and pressures that are being put on Russia. Um, you know, going there, I was a bit naive, you know, uh, having spent my entire life on the Texas Gulf Coast, uh, showing up to, to Europe. It's a vi- it's a big cultural learning. I had a big learning curve in front of me, um, specifically to Russia. Uh, you, you know, what I didn't understand going in is that there are a lot of hidden agendas in, in everything, um, and uh, I, I read an article. I can't remember the 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 article's author, but it, it compared the Russian culture to the Madriaska doll, and that's the wooden doll with smaller and smaller dials, each inside the other doll. The nested ones. Yeah. The nested dolls. Yeah. There you go. And and I found that to be a good lightning of the Russian culture. It's uh, one agenda hidden in another. And so you read in the paper a lot of times, what is Vladimir Putin doing and why is he in there? Well, and, and it's complex and it's all and to me, it's all the above. Right. <laughs> right. It, it, it goes back to everything he said, plus everything he didn't say, you know, and it's all hidden like the dolls, one inside the other. Um, Great metaphor. And, yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and that's a lot like uh, doing business in Russia. You go in and there's this expectation that the Russian oil and gas market is very big. And you see players like Shell and BP, uh, ExxonMobil in there. Uh, you know, th- they have the same expectations, right? Uh, but there is a level of corruption that goes on inside Russia. And, and that market that's available to you is much smaller than the market that you are told. Um, and, and the Russians in general, they do a really good job of showing you that big market and, and getting you to commit and invest. Uh, and you go in and once you start properly vetting that uh, through through the legal uh, uh, folks in your company and, and the, uh, the corrupt trade practices of, uh, of Western countries, the market that's actually there is a little bit smaller than than it's than it's uh, portrayed. So, it, are they deliberately misleading you on the size of the true market, or they're just misleading you on what's available for you to pursue? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're Western companies have been 
you know, in, in making investments and giving technology and know-how to the Russians, and they need that, right, right to right. to to extract oil. You know, I, I kind of look at Russia as a, a gas station disguised as a country. You know, that's that's their business, and without them selling oil, uh, their economy will struggle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's the. There is a difference between what's available to us as a as a properly operating Western company and what what the what the other market is. So let's just stop there for a second. So here you are, you've been given this promotion. You're living in Switzerland. You're going to Russia, and then always we have this huge bogey, you know, that we have to cover right. in the sales plan. And so you're like, okay, here's what we need you to deliver, James, to be viewed as uh, effective and successful, you know, at your job. And then you go in, you start digging through these nested dolls, and you find out, hmm, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to that number. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the first really wrestling match is like, uh, you know, how do you communicate that internally to the company? Or how do you try to overcome the obstacle and build these relationships in Russia to try to penetrate further into that market somehow. So, you know, how did you proceed, you know, from that? Well, the number is the number. Right. Right. Oh, yes, yes, I know. So, <laughs> you you know, you, you, own, you own a business plan and, and you, you have a commitment to deliver that. You work through your resources. So, you know, you'll have legal resources, you'll have experts inside the company, and then you have, you know, those resources uh, in country that you're working through and you just, you know, you're constantly navigating a, a maze. I won't call it a minefield, but a maze of, you know, what is truly available and what is not. And some of those things that are not available, they're not, they're, they're not because of a corrupt issue. They may be because, you know, they, the, their bid cycles and, you know, they have lots of in-country competitors that have friends, that have friends, that have friends. And, you know, there's a, there's a number of reasons why you're not going to make. That's your challenge. That's your right. challenge, right, is to work through that. So we had agents, and uh, that's how we, you know, they had friends, and they were basically brokering a relationship. Right. And so why don't you describe, you know, for our listeners, you know, what's it like dealing with a Russian agent and this isn't KGB but an agent for business to try to broker you know relationship to the person who really has the ability to deliver the business and are you actually getting to that person because there's a there's a technique that I encounter a lot in middle, middle east too you know it's like the missing man negotiation technique so they say oh this is the guy this is the guy who can make the decision right, right. All right good and then you go to that guy and he's like uh no I'm you know, he's he's somewhere else. He's right. not here. And yeah, so, and and doing business is you know in a country like Russia uh, is similar to what you described in the Middle East. You know, uh, we we have teams of people that make decisions. You know, and right. you, you know you've got to present a technical solution. Uh, you, you've got to present uh, you know a value solution, and there are teams of people in Western companies that evaluate that and make recommendations. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you go there in Russia and you you're having those same conversations and then you realize you're going around in a circle and nothing ever happens until that one guy says, OK, I agree. I approve. And and the challenge is, who is that person? And you never know. 
Well, you know, you and I, our whole careers were, were based on, you know, a foundation of building trust, you know, with our clients, right. wherever they were. Right. And so how could you build, you know, or could you, you know, build trust, you know, with a Russian, you know, in, in a business arrangement? Well, you're, you're going to have to count on another Russian to, to facilitate that for you. And so when you're trying to build these relationships, you would, uh, what kind of, I know I've heard from, you know, our other coworkers and stuff that lots of times, you know, they're taking you out and they want to, you have to drink heavily, you know, it's just part of the culture. And then, you know, you're having to throw back a lot of shots of vodka with people because then, you know, you're going to be less guarded and they might see, you know, okay, this guy, he trusts me or he's, you know, I, it's going to be harder for him to uh, yeah. guard himself. So That's true. What, what's, what was that like? Did you have some experiences, uh, you know, in that area where you, you were maybe uncomfortable with the amount of uh, drinking that was expected? Yeah, I really was. Um, yeah, you know, again, my Russian hosts were great people, but their culture is, is drinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went down that road with them many times uh, a few times I went down it too far mm-hmm. you know but but I was always clear up front that once I had the first drink of alcohol I never made any decisions they yeah. could talk business all they wanted but I I was clear before I ever had the first drink that I would never make a decision that's good I mean that's just going in prepared you know for a hey, this there's business and then there's relationship building and these two are right compartmentalized um, right now, Russia, you know, has a tremendous history of suffering, you know, back a thousand years. Uh, the Mongols, Napoleon, yes. Hitler all inflicted great pain and shame on the people. And there's very little natural geography like a mountain range or ocean like we have to slow an advancing army. So it always seemed to me that uh, it was the harsh winter and the long supply lines that ended up saving them as a people when these uh, conquering armies was come through. So how is that history manifested itself into the psyche of today's like Russian citizen, just the man on the street, you know, I I don't think the Russians as a, as a society, as a culture have forgotten those things. I I would think not particularly around the Soviet era. You know, every time they take the subway and they descend into the subway system, you know, if you've ever been to the, to the, the subway system in Moscow, it's a, it looks like a museum to the Soviet culture. You know, the, the murals, the pictures of Stalin, the, you know, the, the workers r- rising up to do great things. And all of that is there on display for them. Um, and, and the subway cars you take are Soviet air subway cars, you know, and, and the architecture that you see in many small towns and even Moscow to a degree is before the Soviet culture and after the Soviet culture. It's very stark. Right. Uh, so you can, I mean, it's on display and it's, it's easy for the uninformed person such as myself to see that. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the Russian people in general, they don't smile. They consider it a potential sign of weakness. So you go into a meeting and there's 20 people there and you're the only guy that smiles. <laughs> the first meeting I had, I, t- I, I, I turned to my Russian colleague and I said, are they angry with us? He goes, no. Why would you ask that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and um, so it, it, it's an interesting culture. Uh, it, it's different. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. No. But it's different. Not. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I had a young Russian man in in Zurich tell me that his aunt had written him a letter and he hadn't seen her in years. And I said, well, that's great. What are you, you know, what are you going to say when you write her back? And he said, I don't think I'm going to write her back. I don't know what her agenda is. Wow. And that's suspicious of his family. Yeah. And, and I just found that, you know, pervasive, um, a 30 or 35 year old man will remember the days when he didn't really have a lot of meat or bread at, at his local town grocery store. And it wasn't until his dad made a business trip to Moscow and came back with sausage and bread. I mean, they remember those days. Yeah. You know, Kim and I had planned to take a big vacation over there. We'd been on uh, Viking. Right. You know, we did the Grand Europe cruise and went all across Europe. And then we were really fascinated with uh, this Waterways of the Tsars cruise. Yeah. And, uh, and my mom's from Finland, first generation. So I actually have, you know, some family heritage going back to that area of the world. And, you know, I really wanted to go to Helsinki. And, and I'd read these two books ahead of the trip. You know, one was called Red Fortress, and it was all about uh, the Kremlin. You know, right. and the history of the Kremlin from Ivan the Terrible. I mean, even their own leaders were very ruthless and brutal and put people's heads on spikes. And the, and the Slavic people were very violent. And, uh, and But they always used the uh, Orthodox Church to kind of, you know, front them to, to, to look better. But then they would always rearrange history. And this is talked about a lot in the book. And then there was another book I read on St. Petersburg that was very fascinating. I was just so Mm -hmm. looking forward to visiting those cities, but you know, that trip unfortunately was scuttled by uh, COVID and and it doesn't look like I'll be uh, making plans to go there anytime soon. (laughs) So, but I think you're right. I I think as a people, you know, they have been so badly treated over a long period of time. They've suffered so much. Right. You know, I I really had not read that much about uh, Leningrad and that war and how they were just shelled in the, and the Germans were just, you know, and they were, that they withstood it for months, you know, and I don't know how many people they lost in that city. But uh, so when you have that kind of a history, you have uh, a tenacity and a toughness and an ability mm-hmm. to outlast people and survive. And it's also, you know, the, the climate, the cold. Uh, but so I'm just going to outlast you. But so when you're trying to build a relationship with them, it, yeah, you're, it, you're right. It's like those nested dolls. It's going to be difficult to get through to the next layer, the next layer, the next layer, and these these hidden agendas. Uh, so, you know, when you were building these relationships with, with our coworkers, you know, that's one thing. How about trusting your own company a little bit? Because this I also saw happen, or I, and I've seen it happen not just in our company, but people have those pressures to do business. And uh, they'll say, hey, you know, why don't you go do something that might be a little – sketchy or questionable and but they want to maintain a a layer of insulation you know between themselves and you know that activity so they're asking you to go do something like that did did you see observe or experience anything like that yourself where you had to be concerned about trust even from you know your own company no i i didn't um i think people today especially with the onslaught of social media, the, you know, you turn the TV on, I think, I mean, even to watch the news, you really have to pray for discernment. Yes. <laughs> that's a fact. Right. Yes. Really, and, truly. and that's, to me, it's now pervasive in, in, in a lot of walks of life. So, you know, 
And some of the people that are saying things that may not be true, they they don't do it out of ill will. They do it out of some conviction, even though the conviction may not be correct or may not be proper or may not be true, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that w- whatever you hear, whatever you whatever whatever you do, you really have to think through and 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 look for data points. You know, pray for discernment. Try to draw the line of best fit or the curve of best fit through all those data points in, in making a decision. Uh, I think for our young kids, it's a tough world to grow up in with all the things that are going on today. It, it sure is. And I think that's why, you know, we have this show. It, it's wrestling with the inner man. And it is, like we say in the introduction, the first fight we fight each day is a fight between our selfish and sinful nature. You know, our, uh, really, some of that might be responding to work pressure uh, to cut corners or try to do something that, you know, is against the law. And you don't know those laws that well because you're not a legal expert. And then other people are suggesting, well, you know, you could do this. And right. so it, it, it requires prayer. Really, uh, you know, to ask for that discernment. Just right. ask God to give you that discernment so that you can make the right decision. And I think many businesses in many situations in many countries all, you know, have that. And that's why I thought it would be a good topic for this show. I know that people, uh, you know, are interested right now in what's happening and, you know, why. Because I don't think the Russian people are behind this war at, at all. This is Putin's war, and it's Putin's pride, I think, that everybody's fighting with. And unfortunately, it's being financed by a poor energy policy here at home that's uh, increased oil to $115 a barrel or whatever it was yesterday. And so he's made $83 billion, you know, since his president's been in office uh, and he's using that to wage this war. But let's, let's close with something uh, positive. You know, can you share, you know, an experience that was over there that really surprised you that was warm, a relationship, uh, something that was a a real rewarding aspect of, uh, Living abroad and, and working with many people from many cultures. Yeah, so just living abroad and not necessarily Russia. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Any, uh, any of the countries you visited or, or our people over there. Yeah, I, you know, I, as I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, a guy living on the Gulf Coast all his life, my first few months there, I, I really didn't like it, you know, but but I began to see that, you know, the different cultures are really nice. They're different. But again, different doesn't mean bad. Great people. Some of the cultures are formal. Some of them are less formal, like living in the southern part of the U.S. But I just found that in general, most people, individuals, not governments, they're much the same. Yeah. You I know, found I found that too. They value the same things that we do. And I really like that. Well, I want to uh, thank you for coming on the show, James. And oh, my pleasure. Quickly thank our sponsor, ERS, Electronic Restoration Services, for their moral business practices demonstrated through their support of a show like this. So, so thanks, ERS, for their support. And if you got any questions about what you'd like for us to talk about or discuss on the show or other possible guests for me to interview, email me at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com to offer input, suggestions, or feedback on any of our programs. And uh, I'd like to close with a little prayer for the Ukrainian people and just uh, all those who are wrestling with things. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just ask you to put a hedge of protection around the entire country of Ukraine and all those people who are trying to get out. And, you know, they haven't honored the corridors for evacuation. They're just being attacked. And it's, it's wrong. It's evil. And 
those people are innocent, and if it's your will, maybe you can help the people of Russia rise up and put pressure on their own leader to stop this because there was no aggression that the Ukrainian people did to uh, to instigate this. And as James said, it's very difficult for all of us as we watch this news and all these different accounts coming from these different reporting agencies and everybody's trying to control the narrative. And we just ask for discernment, Lord, for our leaders, uh, for the people who are involved in negotiating, for the people who are involved in providing arms and assistance because we don't want this war to escalate. And we just thank you for your presence over there. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.